Thank you for joining us for the Redemption Church podcast as we go through a series with Pastor Daniel called Lessons Learned from a Sabbatical. Last week, man, uh, what an incredible blessing. I really love that message last week uh, where multiple people actually got to come up here and share. And uh, I just want to let you know, uh, having uh, kind of been the, the lead, if you will, uh, through the summer sabbatical, uh, there's about uh, five or six more, maybe even 10 more people that could have stood up here and shared similar testimonies with you guys about the amazing work that God did uh, through each and every person. Um, some of them are a little nervous, um, but you just never know. I might just start calling on people uh, to, to start sharing tonight. You just never know. I mean, it might get a little crazy up in here. I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, Pastor Daniel has shared uh, a few times just about how even when they began the ministry of Redemption Church and God called them uh, from the West Coast, okay, and uh, to move all the way from Washington State over here to Delray Beach, and God gave him a vision, and he showed him things, and specifically Delray Beach, okay, and there's been a lot of people that are like, hey, there's a building in Lake Worth, there's a this, and boy, nope, Delray Beach, okay, uh, he knew then that God had told them that after seven years that they would take a sabbatical, but we didn't. Not all of us knew that. And I remember the first time that Pastor Daniel actually pulled me aside to talk to me about the sabbatical. And it's kind of funny because uh, the, this particular restaurant has come up a couple of times. Uh, he actually, we went downtown Delray Beach to eat at Muscle Beach. Muscle Beach, uh, which is really amazing if you've never been to Muscle Beach, downtown Delray Beach. It's, uh, the, all they serve is mussels. Okay, so if you don't like mussels, don't go. But if you like mussels, they got like 50 different sauces that they cook their mussels in, okay? The little, you know, seafood mussels, yeah, not the, yeah. Okay, so uh, anyway, so we had a great meal, but during this great meal, Pastor Daniel began to explain to me his vision for sabbatical and his family, what God had shared with him about six years earlier. And so this was about two years ago. Okay, maybe two and a half years ago when we sat down and we began to have this conversation and he said, it's gonna be in about a year, okay? My family and I, we're gonna go and I just wanna see if you would be willing because I think that God has put you in this position. I wanna see if you would be willing to, to do this for the church over the summer and lead the sabbatical. And of course, for me, I'm always excited about the opportunity to do these kind of things and I love to teach and uh, so I'm like, Heck yeah, let's do this thing, right? Uh, so as many of you know, I was a pastor for six years in Peru, okay? So I had a little bit of experience under my belt, but some of the things that the enemy starts to do to you when these opportunities come before you uh, is kind of funny. I, I, don't know, I don't know if I should say funny, but uh, is the enemy began to say, yeah, but... That church in Peru, remember you made that mistake and this mistake and that mistake. You really think you're gonna be able to do this? You really think you're gonna be able to do this? And so some of those things were going through my mind and I said to myself, okay, well, I'm not gonna make the same mistakes this summer. Okay, I'm not gonna make the same mistakes this summer as I did uh, during that time. I'll, I'll do better, okay? We all learn from our mistakes, right? Uh, so it, it won't be as hard this time. 
because I've done this before and I've learned from my mistakes. Have you ever uh, been in a situation like, like that where you're like, I've done this before and I've learned from my mistakes. And then you find yourself like smack dab into a wall making the same dumb mistake that you made the first time you did it, right? You, you guys know? You guys must be way better than me. I don't know. I heard one yelp in the room. So uh, anyway, uh, that was kind of my, my thought process. And I know the enemy is always toying with us anyway. And I thought, well, this is gonna be different because it's not quite like, uh, you know, I'm starting up a church and I've got to pastor it from scratch and got to do all this type of stuff. And, and it definitely wasn't. But in my mind, I was thinking to myself, well, all I got to do is show up on Sundays and teach. I got to prepare a message. I got to show up on Sundays and teach. Wrong, wrong, wrong. That's not exactly what uh, uh, I was actually asked and called to do uh, for that season. So pastoring a church is more than teaching a few times a week. I don't know if you knew that or not, but uh, I hope you do, okay? Uh, I did that for you, buddy, okay? Pastoring a church is way more than teaching a few times a week. It's about pastoring the people. It's about pastoring the people. It's about planning. It's about encouraging. And so much more, so much more. You could do a whole lesson on what it means to shepherd, to pastor, to teach. Uh, and uh, so I'm not gonna go too deep into that, um, but uh, it, it is so much more than, than just showing up here on a Sunday night and teaching or on a Thursday night and, and doing a prayer meeting or a class or those types of things. There's so much more that goes into it. And so, um, you know, I am the type of person, and maybe you suffer this disease as well. It's called the I like to do everything disease. Uh, everything. I have trouble saying no, okay? Um, so I'm one of those uh, jack of many trades type of people, right? And so uh, I tend to overcommit myself at the same time. So um, there's a lot of stuff. I like to say yes to a lot of stuff, and uh, it seems like really good at the moment, but sometimes it starts to backfire on you, right? When you start to say yes to everything. And these are some of the things that I learned uh, during this sabbatical season. So every year, right, every single year, uh, since I've started my job at Lake Worth Christian Teaching, uh, I've been a part of a program called the International Travel Studies Program. And so when Pastor Daniel asked me to do this, I was like, yes, but for the first two weeks of summer, I won't be here. This is part of my job, right? I'll be in China, which is where we were supposed to go. I'll be in China. Uh, spoiler alert, I didn't go to China, okay? Something happened, I, I don't know what, I don't know, they just canceled it. Okay, so, but I thought 15 days at the beginning of summer, okay, and there was a conflict, but due to COVID, that was canceled, so it was all gonna work out. But so was Pastor Daniel and Laura's and their family's sabbatical. That was canceled as well. So I thought, well, this is, we, we punted, we pushed it off to next year, all right? I got that term recently and I, I just keep using it. I just keep using it. Did you, you use that with me recently, didn't it? We're punting it. Uh, so I've heard it a couple of times from people. So we punted, we kicked it off to the next year and I thought to myself, okay, well, this gives us a little bit more time to organize. This gives us a little bit more time, okay, uh, to do these things. And so what happened is due to COVID, 
the school said, we're not going to travel studies this year. We're not even gonna plan one. Last for China, uh, we switched it to Peru, thinking if you look at some of the previous pandemics, uh, they went through China, they went through various parts of Asia, they went through various parts of Europe, they rarely got into places in South America. So we thought, we'll switch it over to there. But then they got shut down in a devastating way. We ended up losing a lot of money by securing some of these things that we were never gonna be able to get back as a school. So we got to the point where it was like, okay, no plans until, we're, until this thing is behind us, okay? Which was perfect, right? No plans to this. So as I see this, God opened up the ability for me to be here all summer long, okay? Every year, my dad, okay, he saves up his money all year long and he rents a house. And it's usually somewhere off of the coast of the Carolinas or something like that. Well, this year, he, he decided, had nothing to do with me whatsoever, to rent a house in Orlando. It was perfect, right? And so uh, I remember Pastor Daniel and Laura, and they were like, we don't know, we're, we think we're gonna make this happen and all of these types of things. And, and just by the grace of God, they were able to, and we really truly believe that it was the hand of God that kind of worked all of these circumstances out. And they ended up being able to go this year and everything kind of fell into place. I was able to be here all summer long. I don't think I missed a single Sunday. It was great. It was really great. I had a guest teacher because I thought I might miss that Sunday, but at the, I, I ended up being here and it was really fantastic. And I just love the way that God was able to kind of work all of those things to these things that I'm committed to, these things that are very important, but God kind of worked all of that together, okay, uh, so that I was able to be here. So uh, we heard so many amazing testimonies last week, right? Uh, and, and as I said before, there's so many of you that could give a testimony about the summer, okay? Uh, so it was Pastor Daniel and his family that were gone, but the rest of us were here, okay? Some of you guys were picking up the message online uh, at, at when we posted it every Tuesday, but you were still with us. You were still with us, and, and uh, we were here, and we were all working together. So one of the things that I truly learned through this sabbatical, okay, is the importance of our community as a church and the individual gifts that God has given each one of you. The individual gifts that God has given each one of you. This is a really beautiful thing, okay? Uh, the Bible tells us that God gives us gifts and James 1 tells us that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. The Father of lights is what James calls him. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. Uh, I once heard a pastor say, got God, got gifts, right? Got God, got gifts, okay? So uh, that concept, right, is you, are gifted, you're gifted. Did y'all know you were gifted, right? 
As a student, a lot of kids want to go to gifted high schools. They want to make sure that, that they're able to kind of uh, work on these gifts that they have in, in uh, their skills or whatever it is. Okay, we want to go to one that, oh, they have a nursing program. Uh, they have a gifted program over here. I want to be in the IB program over here. And if you guys don't know what those things is, join the club. Most of us don't either. Uh, but they're specialty programs, okay, that help kids be able to uh, nurture their giftings. Okay, to be able to nurture their giftings while they're still in high school, while they're still in high school, okay? But here's the reality. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. And the reality is, is that God wants to grow us all in our gifts. So every single one of those people that you heard last week, all they were doing is using the gifts that God gave them. That's all they were doing. They're not special. There's nothing special about all three of those people that shared last week. Trust me, I know them all pretty well. <laughs> I'm kidding. But here's the reality, okay? All of us are gifted. All of us are gifted. So sticking with Pastor Daniel's theme of asking a question for this series, Lessons I Learned from a Sabbatical, here's the question. Are you using your gifts? Are you using your gifts? Let's take a look at what the Bible has to say about spiritual gifts. I wanna read this passage of scripture and then we'll pray. Lord, uh, so 1 Corinthians 12, four through 11, okay? 1 Corinthians 12, four through 11. It says, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All of these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we just ask you, Lord, that you would teach us tonight through your word. Lord, that your spirit, Lord, would uh, just constantly be teaching us, Lord, as we read through your word, as we study through your word, that you would open our hearts and our minds, Lord, that we would see what you have for us, that you would grow us, that you would strengthen us, you would encourage us, Lord. Lord, help us to be those that practice and use these gifts that you've given us. So we thank you, Jesus. We love you and we praise you. Guide us tonight, Lord, and grow us in your spirit, in your name. Amen, amen. So the scripture says that if you're saved, okay, if you're saved, the Holy Spirit is in you. You know that, right? I mean, these are basic Bible doctrines. If you're saved, the Holy Spirit is in you. Now we've done Holy Spirit teachings here and, and the Holy Spirit has three positions. He has one that comes beside me, Okay, and there's words for each of these in the scripture. One that comes beside me to convince me that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. It's the work of the spirit, okay? That's convincing me that I need Jesus, that I need salvation, 
that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. It's the reason that sometimes we share with people and they're like, what, don't, just get away from me, I don't wanna hear it. And then other times you can share something and you're like, well, I just gave the worst gospel presentation in the whole wide world. And that person is just snotty, weeping, asking God to forgive them of the things that they've done. And you're like, what just happened? The Spirit of God is the one that was doing the work. That's the reality, okay? And so now we're saved. The Spirit of God lives in us. He lives in us. And then the third position that we talk about the Spirit of God is when He comes over us. You see it all throughout the Scripture. It's not a new idea. It happens from the beginning of Scripture. You see it all throughout the book of Judges, and the Spirit of God came over him, empowered him, and he pulled down the columns. You see the Spirit of God all throughout the Scripture come over people to empower them to do ministry. It's kind of like the overflow, right? The beginning is to bring me into salvation. This is the beside, right? The end, that's for me, y'all. That's for me. That's God cleaning up this mess, okay? That's God cleaning up this mess. Now, do you guys get some benefits of that? Yeah, of course you do. Because the fruits of the Spirit that come with the Spirit being inside of me, okay, are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If I don't say them really fast, I'll forget some, okay? So I know them in Spanish better than I know them in English most of the time, and I learned them through a song, so you kind of got to do that song. You know, I didn't do the song version. You're welcome, okay? Uh, but in all reality, if I don't say them fast, I can't remember them. That's just how I memorize them. But here's the reality. The spirit living in me is how those fruits began to manifest themselves inside of me. God sanctifying me through his Holy Spirit, okay? All of a sudden, this love and this joy and this peace and this patience, and I'm not very good at most of these, you think to yourself, right? Y'all thought I was talking about me, didn't you, when I said I'm not very good at most of these, but I was talking about y'all. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. None of us are great at a lot of these. You can go through this list of these fruits of the Spirit and you can say, uh, uh, I'm pretty good at that one. I'm pretty good at that one. You're like, I'm a pretty patient person. And then something happens, and you're like, never mind. Nope, forget it, I ain't that patient after all, right? And so here's the reality. We struggle with a lot of these different things and God is constantly growing us. That's part of who we are, okay, as people. But then we get this extra. And it's like, as God is sanctifying me, he overflows me. He overflows me so that I can minister to other people. Now, when God is, is, is manifesting his love inside of me, okay, well, that's so great for me. But here's the reality. He wants me now to pull it out and push it out into the community, pour it out into the community. He wants to overflow it out of me into this. And so God gives us these gifts. He gives us these gifts. And these gifts individually, each of them are for us to be able to minister to the community around us. And like I said, those testimonies you heard last week, while there's a bunch more sitting right here in the congregation tonight that could give testimony. Those testimonies you heard last week are simply people using their gifts so that that love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control would flow out of them into the congregation and that we would be able to do what we do here 
and to be able to reach out into this community that they may know Christ, that they may know Christ, okay? So when we look at these gifts, okay, we have to realize the Holy Spirit is in us. The Holy Spirit wants to bless us because God gives good gifts. God gives good gifts. It's so important for us to understand that the Holy Spirit is a person of God. He is a person of God. If we look at the end of that, in verse 11, it says, all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit. He empowers the gifts. He empowers the gifts, okay, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. The Holy Spirit has a will. The Holy Spirit has a will. Sometimes in church, we get a little confused, okay? We say we believe in the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, but what we actually practice sometimes is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Scripture as our Trinity, right? We do that sometimes. And so what the Scripture is telling us here is that the Holy Spirit is a person of God dwelling within you. That's what makes y'all holy. I didn't know if y'all knew that or not. So it says, be holy as I am holy, the scripture says, and it's because the spirit of God lives in you that you can be holy because our first response is, I can't be holy. You're right, you can't be holy. But God living in you makes you holy. And it's through the blood of Christ that allows that to happen. I become the temple. I become the temple of the living God, okay? So this is exciting. Because as the temple of the living God, God is working inside of me and wants to use me to reach other people. He wants to use me to reach other people. He overflows you that you may be a blessing to others. And here's the beauty of this. Here's the beauty of this. If you go back and look at that scripture, okay, it says, to each one is manifestation of the spirit for the common good. For one, he gives this, to another he gives that, and to another he gives that, and to another, to another, to another, to another, to another, to another. You're a to another. You're a to another. Here's how the church works. We're the body of Christ. It's beautiful. He's the head, and we're the body, right? Each acting in the gifting that he's given us. We're useful to his kingdoms with the gifts that he has given us. Us, us. He didn't make us all preachers. He didn't make us all teachers. He didn't give us all the gifts of healing or prophecy or all of those things that we read. To another, to another, to another, Okay, this is a beautiful thing, okay? And David Platt says it like this. He wrote a book, uh, really explaining what follow me means. When Christ says, follow me, it's called a call to die, a call to live. Okay, you guys understand that concept, right? I die to myself, I live for Christ. And it says, God's glory is most majestically displayed, not through you and not through me, but through us. God raises up the church and he says to all creation in the heavens and the earth and under the earth, this is my bride and body of my son bought and purchased by his blood to be my people and receive my power and enjoy my presence and declare my praise forever and ever. The church is beautiful because it's us. 
It's not me. It's not Daniel and Laura. It's not the people that you saw up here. It's us, each of us. And God wants to make sure that you are a part of that body of believers. Now, if you were to go on and read, that's your homework, okay? Read the rest of that chapter of the book of Romans. I'm not gonna get into it tonight, but it starts to break down how we are the body. And it starts to break down the concept of being the body. Well, a toe doesn't say to the, to the finger, hey, I don't need you. Get, a, get away, right? No, everybody needs it. Do you know if you didn't have a big toe, you couldn't balance? Right? I remember learning that as a kid, and I thought to myself, man, if you got your big toe chopped off, would you just fall over? Well, they say that you would, that your big toe helps you balance. It helps you balance, okay? And so every piece of this is useful to me. It's useful to me. And Paul's using that illustration as he writes to the Romans and as he writes to the Corinthians, same thing. He talks about the body and he says, every piece is useful. Don't be upset because you're a big toe. Don't you realize that you're the balance? Okay? Don't be upset because you're not something people see all the time. Don't be upset because you're working behind the scenes or because when I use your gifting, okay, people are like, uh, what's going on? Okay? Don't be upset by those things right? Every gifting that God gives you is perfect and beautiful. And it's for the beauty and growth of his church, of his church, his church. Okay. So now you guys probably listened to that list of things. You probably, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Most of you guys are pretty well educated in the scripture. Some of you were probably like, I have no idea what that gift is, that gift is, that gift is. As a matter of fact, I don't fit into any of those categories. What's my gift? What's my gift? I don't fit into any of those categories. So uh, let's turn to Romans chapter 12. Now, I'm gonna read this one out of the NIV. I've been reading out of the ESV. This one, I like the translation in the NIV because of the word usage. So this is out of the NIV. If you have uh, trouble keeping up in your Bible, if it's New King James or uh, NASB, uh, that's fine, or ESV. They're very similar, but I like the word usage here. So Romans chapter 12, verses three through eight. For by grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. In accordance with the faith, God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If your gift is serving, then serve. If your gift is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And then in Ephesians chapter four, verses 11 through 13, popping back to the ESB here, okay? It says in verses 11 through 13, and he says, he gave some to be apostles, prophets, 
evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. First Peter chapter four also mentions spiritual gifts. It includes some of these others we just talked about, but it also includes the gift of hospitality, okay? Uh, but each of these that is covered in First Peter is covered in Romans chapter 12 and First Corinthians 12 and Ephesians 4. So let's talk about them. What are they? Here are the gifts, okay? Y'all ready to decide what your gift is? You ready to decide what your gift is? Here's the gifts. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, healings, miracles, prophecy, discernment of spirits, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, serving, teaching, encouragement, giving, leading, administration, mercy, compassion, hospitality, pastors, shepherds, the, the word says, and evangelists, and evangelists, okay? So as we look at the scriptures, here, we see that these are the gifts of the spirits that are, and there's others tucked in here and there, okay? And I ask you, what is your gift? You have one. You have one. If you've been walking with the Lord, if the spirit of God is living in you and he is sanctifying you, here's the reality. Some of you have gifts you don't even know about yet. What happens Okay, when God overflows you in his spirit is sometimes he wakens gifts that he put in you long before. And sometimes you'll recognize them. Sometimes you'll be like, where'd that come from? Okay, and I've had a few of those moments. Let's talk about a couple of these. A word of wisdom. You ever just met that person? They can bring peace into a situation by giving you, saying a word saying a phrase or, or something in the midst of a very tense situation. They're like a mediator, if you will. God will give them something to say. They'll say that thing, and all of a sudden, everybody's like, oh, okay, yeah. Solomon did that. Remember the baby, right? And you're like, that was a word of wisdom. Yes, that was a word of wisdom, that was a word of wisdom. God, he asked God for wisdom. And so God gave him the spirit of wisdom. And the spirit of wisdom was upon him and he had to make a decision. And he said, okay, let's cut the baby in half and give one to each of the moms who's complaining that it's her baby. And the real mom said, no, 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 no. Before you cut that baby in half, give it to that woman. Oh, you're the real mother. Because only the real mother wouldn't want her baby split in half just so she would get a piece. That's a word of wisdom, okay? Word of knowledge. Oh man, this happened to me many years ago. It was the strangest thing ever. And I didn't even really know what was happening in the moment, but Spirit of God came upon me. Some guy came up to me in a, in a worship service and I was standing in the front to pray. And he asked me, he said, hey, can you pray for me? Now, according to him, he asked me to pray for him for a cold that he had. But what I heard him say is, can you pray for me? I have an addiction to uh, prescription pills. Now, those don't sound anything alike if you guys don't, you know what I'm saying, right? Literally, that's what I heard him say. So I put my hands on his shoulders and I began to pray for him. He stopped me and said, what? How do you know about that? I said, you just walked up and asked me to pray for that. He's like, no, I didn't. I have a cold. I asked you to pray for my sickness. I said, 
I promise you, you literally just walked up to me and said, can you please pray for me? I have an addiction to prescription pills. He's like, no, I did not. I was like, well, that's what I heard. Praise God. Now we know. Now let's pray this thing, okay? And so that's a word of knowledge. You're not supposed to know that thing, but God has revealed it to you that you may be able to minister to that person, okay? So healings and faith. I think you guys know about some of these things, okay? Prophecies and discernment of spirits. You ever met someone that has a discernment of spirit? These people are beautiful. I love these people. It ain't me. It is not my gifting, Okay? I'm like, that sounds like a, seems like a really great person, right? And a person with discernment of spirit says, uh-uh, no, 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 watch that person. When I was pastoring the church in Peru, a guy came in and I was like, oh, this is awesome and this is amazing. Oh, this guy, he's coming in and he's got this experience. He did this and this and that and then and this, okay? And, and one of the people in the church was like, something's off. I do not get a good feeling about this at all. Well, it turns out that something was off and we had to remove him from the building. I love people with discernment of spirit. And when you learn that somebody has discernment of spirit, listen to them, because it's a beautiful gift. It's a really beautiful gift. And God gives it to people often to protect his, his sheep, okay? They can see, oh, that's a wolf. That's a wolf. I see it, that's a wolf. You're like, no, come on. It's not, they seem like such a nice guy. As such a nice lady. No, it's a wolf in sheep's clothing, right? They just tend to see through things, okay? Just touching on, on some of these things. We've talked about speaking in tongues and interpretation of tongues. Serving, man, that's a pretty easy one to see, right? Now, here's the thing. This is what I don't want you to do. I don't want you to say, these are not my gifts, so I don't have to do these things, okay? Now, we always need servants, right? And whether you're gifted or not, serve, right? Because here's the reality. If you're serving in a church, God can often, often, uh, also often, I was mixing the two words together at all, right? So here we go. God can often manifest these other gifts in you while you're serving in a church because it has given you the opportunity to pour into somebody else's life because you're the person serving, right? And so this is an awesome thing, right? Uh, so encouragement, man, I love the gift of encouragement. I wish I had it. It's not my main gifting, I'm telling you. I, I try, I try really hard, and I think we should all be encouraging to one another, but some people are just gifted in it. Some people, when you're around them, you just walk away going, wow, I kind of felt terrible. Now, I just, I don't know, just a bright ray of sunshine. You ever met those bright rays of sunshine? I love those people, right? I need those people is the reality, okay? Uh, gifts of giving, right? Did y'all know that was a gift? It's a discipline. It's a spiritual discipline, but it's also a spiritual gift. If you have a gift of giving, it doesn't say you have to be rich to have a gift of giving, okay? It doesn't say that. It says if you have a gift of giving, give generously. I know poor people that have a gift of giving. And sometimes, just like the widow's two mites, it's more beautiful. It says, if you have a gift of giving, give generously. It doesn't talk about amounts. It doesn't talk about anything. Is this your gifting? Wherever God has you right now, use your gifting. Maybe your generously is, is a little less than the next guy's generously. It's okay. Leading, administration. Man, we couldn't do this without administration. 
It's a gift that God has given to help us organize, to put together events, to do these types of things. Mercy, compassion, hospitality. You ever go to somebody's house and just feel so comfortable? They have a gift of hospitality. They just make you feel welcome. They make you feel welcome. And then you go to other people's house and you're like, should I sit on this chair? Should I do that? Should I, that? can I walk on that? Do I need to take my shoes? Could I, do I, could I possibly get a drink of water? They don't have the gift of hospitality, okay? Uh, so, uh, shepherds, we all know what that is, okay? Uh, and we have a very gifted one here, and evangelists. We need some more of these people. They're here, they're just not practicing their gift. They're here, they're just not practicing their gifts. I believe that wholeheartedly. What is your gift? You have one. So, the summer, it became abundantly clear to me the importance for the use of gifts for the health of the church. Now, when we talk about spiritual gifts and we talk about using spiritual gifts, most of us imagine uh, these Pentecostal, uh, super, super charismatic churches, everybody talking at the same time, speaking in tongues and all these types of things and laying hands and falling down and all of this, woo, right? Just trying to wake y'all up. A couple of you look like you were nodding, right? So we think about that when we think about the use of spiritual gifts, but here's the reality. It doesn't always look like that. Are there moments where the Holy Spirit wants to do something among us where maybe somebody is praying in a different way? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, I believe that. But here's the reality, is that if we are practicing our spiritual gifts, sometimes it just looks like a really healthy church. A really healthy church. That when somebody walks in that back door, they go, wow. The Spirit of God is here. I just feel it. Why? Oh, because that person with the gift of encouragement was practicing their gift. That person with the gift of serving was practicing their gift. And guess what? That person practicing their gift did it joyfully and unto the Lord. Not for any type of sordid gain. Not for any type of personal glory. But to bring Him glory. And so when people experience that, when they walk into a healthy church that's using their gifts, they go, wow, it feels good here. I like it. I like it. So are you using your gifts? Now, I, I've got a great example for you, okay? Um, I'm not gonna use a name, but I do have a great example for you. One evening, I came to the church in about 10 minutes, maybe two hours, I don't know, real close time frame, 10 minutes, two hours. No, it was a couple of hours before I got to church. I got this kind of heavy text, okay? And it was really about somebody that's like, hey, we're, we're gonna be uh, looking into some other things and uh, you know, we won't be there uh, for a while, uh, maybe, I don't know. Anyway, I don't wanna give you too many details about. But anyway, it came really heavy on me and I got really frustrated with the Lord and, and I, I just was like, Lord, what are you doing? What are you doing? I thought your, your goal was to grow us and now somebody's, somebody's not coming back. What, what are you doing, Lord? I was frustrated, man. I came in and I had to teach that night and that's, that's tough. That's a tough part of being a pastor. When you have a bad day and you have to teach anyway, that's a tough part about being a teaching pastor. It's a really tough part because you have bad days. And you get up here with the, this weight upon you and you say, Lord, 
Please, I pray to you that this doesn't become a distraction for what I'm about to do here. I want you to be glorified and I don't want these people to see the ugliness that's going on in my heart right now. Because the reality is pastors and teachers, they're human. They hurt, they get offended, they're discouraged. Okay, so I came in discouraged, I was frustrated, I was having a hard time and I remember at some point during that service, and this particular person did this to me all summer long, but this specifically, she pulled me aside. She took me out into the hallway and she said, I just need to tell you something. She said, I really felt like the Lord told me to tell you. Trust your gift. Trust in your gifting. Trust in your gifting. Man, I have to tell you, I didn't share with anybody else in that moment what was going on, why I was downtrodden or uh, defeated. I mean, I wear my emotions on my coat sleeve, so usually you can tell if I'm a little bit down, because um, usually I'm a pretty smiley person, I, maybe just a little bit, okay? Uh, but the reality is, is uh, this person, with their gift of encouragement, and like I said, all summer long, this person was there with a smile on their face, giving a beautiful gift of encouragement, and I was on the receiving end of it so many times. And I was just so happy. I don't even know that they know how much it blessed me. But the reality is, is this person with their gift of encouragement came to me and said, I feel like I'm supposed to tell you this. I really feel like God told me that you needed to hear this tonight. Tonight. I think this is what you need to hear. Trust in your gift. They didn't know my discouragement. They didn't know why I was discouraged if they saw that I was discouraged. This is what I love about the body of Christ. What's beautiful about this story is that God spoke to this person and said, use your gift to do this, and she did it. Do you realize that in that moment, she could have said, that's kind of dumb. I don't wanna say that. How's that gonna come across? That's weird. Of course he knows. Of course he knows that that's his gifting and he should trust in that gift. Sometimes we convince ourselves, I actually think it's the enemy, convince ourselves not to use the gift that God has given us or to say the things that God has called us to say in those moments because the enemy doesn't want us to be encouraged. He doesn't want us to experience the joy of the Lord because here's what happens. When discouragement comes in my life, okay, those Fruits of the Spirit, the love and the joy and the peace and the patience and the kindness. Patience and kindness, when I'm discouraged, often go, right? You know when you're having a bad day and the patience and the kindness just ain't coming? You, you know what I'm talking about, right? This person did it. And so what I love about Romans and the reason that I wanted to read Romans chapter 12 uh, in the NIV version, it says, if this is your gift, then do it then do it, then do it, practice it. If this is your gift, practice it, do it. It says, do it with faith, do it diligently, do it generously, do it cheerfully, just do it. Some of them don't even use adverbs. They just say, hey, if your gift is, then serve, then serve. If it's to teach, then teach, no adverb needed, just do it. Just do it. God has gifted you. Use it. Trust your gift. I love the diversity 
that we have in the body of Christ, swinging back around, closing it up, okay? I'm about to land this plane. Four times I'll land the plane. Don't worry about it, okay? So the way that he uses all of us with these gifts that he has equipped us with, okay, is such a beautiful thing. Imagine if we all had the same gift. What a mess we'd be, right? We'd all be fighting to do the same thing if we were all using our gifts. We'd all be fighting to do the same thing, right? And so I think about this body. I think about the beauty of this body. I think about the gifts that we have inside of this body, the gift of compassion, of mercy, the gift of giving, okay? Of knowledge and administration, the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues, okay? Uh, All of these gifts that we have that God is using here, man, we're blessed. We're abundantly blessed. We're abundantly blessed. You know what I love about this? The book of, in the book of Corinthians, he lists certain gifts. In the book of Romans, he lists certain gifts. Maybe it's because there was no one church that had every single gift. They had the gifts that they needed for their body and for the work that God called them to do. Oh, they had some of the principal gifts, right? They all had teaching. That's why you see it repeating, repeated multiple times. Pastoring, shepherding, that's repeated in every single one of these passages. But not all of the other things are repeated, okay? So here's the reality. You got gifts. You got gifts. Warren Wearsby says, unity without diversity would produce uniformity. If we had all the same gift, okay? And it says uniformity tends to produce death. Life is balanced between unity and diversity. It's balanced between unity and diversity. You are wonderfully and uniquely made. And you have been given a gift. You have been given a gift. I think that this summer sabbatical was incredible. I think it was amazing. I felt like I grew so much during this time. I, thought, I felt like each of us grew so much during this time. But I think it happened that way because this body of believers right here came together and they began to practice their gifts and they began to do the things that God had called them to do and we became a beautiful, healthy church. We've been that way. We've been a healthy church. But one of the beautiful things about sabbatical is that it causes some of those that have been hiding in the wings, not using their gifts, to actually come out and begin to use their gifts. To come out and say, hey, wait, wait a minute, wait, wait, that didn't get done this week and that didn't get done this. Oh, well, I need to step up. I need to do these things. It's a beautiful thing, guys. So here's the reality. If you're have no idea what's my gift. I wanna pray for you, okay? I wanna pray for you. So I'm gonna ask you right now, and maybe it's embarrassing, I don't know, I don't care. Be embarrassed. If you want God to show you your gifting, direct you in where and how to use your gifting, or just to fill you up anew with his spirit, that your gifting may be used to the best of his ability for the health and growth of the church that he has you in right now. And I'm gonna ask you to stand up. 
and I'm going to pray for you. And we're going to ask that the Spirit of God would empower us to use the gifts that God has already placed in us. So let's pray together. If you want me to pray for you, stand up. Get that refreshing, get that renewing of God's spirit in us that we may use the gifts that God has given us, okay? I wanna see this church healthy. I wanna see, I love this church and I see so many good things about it, but I know there can be so much more that God wants to do with you incredible, beautiful people. Let's pray for the Holy Spirit to give us the gifts and show us what he wants to do with us. Lord Jesus, Lord, we thank you. Lord, we, we praise you, Lord, that your word is so rich. Lord, that it shows us what we need to be those ministers that you've called us to be, Lord. Lord, your word says that your spirit would come over us, Lord, and empower us to be your witnesses, Lord. So Lord, this month, we wanna be your witnesses out there to this world, Lord. We know, Lord, from this moment forward, Lord, we know that you have gifted us. We know that you have, have empowered us to do these things, Lord, and we ask for your spirit to reveal these things to us, to fill us to overflowing, Lord, to encourage us, give us strength to put these gifts to practice. Oh, and Lord, we know we're gonna mess up. We're gonna fail sometimes, Lord, but that's why we call practice. Because Lord, we know that when we're with you, it will all be perfect. So Lord, we pray tonight that you, Lord, your spirit, Lord, would rain down upon this place, that you would empower your people to be your body and to be a witness to this dark community around us and that many would come unto you because of it, Lord. So we thank you, Jesus. We love you and we praise you. In your holy name we pray, amen. Amen. This is Pastor Daniel Williams with Redemption Church. Thank you so much for listening to this message. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, or YouTube, so you never miss a message. The mission of Redemption Church is to pursue and to proclaim Jesus, and we would love to have you partner with us. Feel free to share these messages with your family and friends. And also, if you'd like to donate to the ministry, go to redemptiondb.com. God bless you.